Please join with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we gather together on this All Saints Day, we are mindful of your word which touches our hearts and lives, and the power of your spirit which brings us to faith, that we might be declared holy and righteous in your sight because of the work of Jesus Christ. Lord, remind us on this All Saints Day of those who have gone before us in faith and who now uh, live with you in eternity in heaven. Remind us that our names also are written into the book of life where we too one day will dwell with you forever. Lord, teach us that we might share your word in our lives with others, that they too might have everlasting life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a reason that Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on Reformation Day, that we call it now, but in those days on All Saints Eve, because he knew that the following day, All Saints Day, was the day that worshipers were come to church and see what he had posted. He picked All Saints Day, not uh, arbitrarily, but rather because the message of All Saints Day is so important to understanding God's grace. There is this misperception that exists in our world that somehow we become saints by the way that we live and the things that we do in service to God and to one another. After all, is that not the measure? Some think. The reality is quite different. If we look at our first reading today, John is writing what he sees in that wonderful revelation given to him by Jesus Christ. And he says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, that's important to remember. Salvation belongs to who? To God. To the Lamb who sits upon the throne. It belongs to Him. We need to remember that. We cannot wrestle it away from Him. We cannot purchase it from him because it's not for sale. It belongs to him. It always has, always will. So, how do we get into the crowd? How do we become a part of that great multitude that no one can number? 
You see, our lives are kind of like, well, they're kind of like dirty laundry. It's all piled up. And I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for somebody to do my laundry. Which one of you out there really enjoys doing laundry? Other people's laundry, not your own. Yeah, we don't. And it's like our sins pile up around us like dirty laundry, and, and we, we don't want to deal with it. Certain teenagers I know, I'm sure that they have a problem getting the dirty laundry from the floor in their bedroom to the place where it's going to be washed. Right, Gabe? He was looking really guilty there. <laughs> Why pick the dirty laundry thing? And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. And then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? Now, when someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, kind of like, you know, standing in the middle of a valley of dry bones like Ezekiel or John in this vision, you say, Sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. This is the Passover Lamb of God. Blood that paints the doorposts and the lentils so that the angel of death passes over. This is the blood of the Lamb of God who dies on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that the doorposts and the lentils of our hearts and our lives can be painted over, that our sins are washed away, and that they are atoned for so that we can be declared holy and righteous. You ever try to wash anything in blood? How well does that work? You know, I had lots of t-shirts when I was a kid stained with blood. Because like a lot of boys, I lived a rough and tumble life. 
used to go out and play street football with our youth pastor. We broke his ribs one time. In other words, we played rough. We didn't have pads like those wimps that play on Saturdays these days. I remember my mom always saying, she didn't care about my nose and the blood. She'd always say, don't break your glasses. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in my high school years with tape around the middle of my glasses. Now I don't have to worry about it. Blood. It doesn't come out when you do the laundry. You know, the, the trick is, I suppose, you're supposed to soak it in really cold water and keep working at it till it comes out. But even that, sometimes there's still that little stain. And yet the scriptures talk about white robes of righteousness, washed as white and as brilliant as the shining sun and washed in blood. Because the only blood that cleanses is the blood of Jesus Christ. It washes away the dirtiest of stains that come by our sins. It penetrates to the very depth of who we are. It's not just a washing that takes place at skin level. It's a washing that goes all the way through every cell and membrane in our body. cleansing blood of Jesus Christ washes those robes of righteousness white. And Jesus himself places them on our shoulders. And what that means is that it's not about us. Who does your laundry? Jesus Christ. He gathers up all of the multitude of your sins, all of that dirty laundry, and he pays the price. He washes it clean in his own precious blood. And we touch that blood today when we participate in the Lord's Supper. This is my body, this is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. The cleansing power of Jesus Christ is there for us. And it's there for us every day as we come to him with sorrowful and repentant hearts and we receive his forgiveness. See, this is the Reformation message. This is the message that Luther wanted to get out there. It's not about buying indulgences. It's not about somehow acquiring the grace of God by the way that we live. But it's all about Christ. It's all about the one who died for us, who shed his blood for us, who died for us. Because God knows that we can't do a thing to fix the problem the illness, the disease of sin. And so we thank Jesus for dying for us on a cross. We thank him for covering us with that white robe of righteousness, washing away the multitude of our sins so that we can be in the multitude of those who live in heaven.
who sing praises to God, who stand before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, that we can be before the one who sits on the throne and who shelters us with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. It's hard to hear that phrase, that verse, without thinking of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me beside the quiet waters. People ask, what's heaven like? I don't know. I've never been there. But I can get a glimpse from what scripture says. It's what God intended this creation to be before it fell into sin. It's the best of the best. It's a place that we cannot imagine, but it's filled with the fullness of God and his presence everywhere. It's where we're going. And you know one of the greatest things about heaven? And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. No more pain or suffering or heartache or disappointment. But living in the joy and the presence and the strength and the comfort of a God who did everything and who does everything and who will do everything for us that we can spend eternity with him. That's the message of, of All Saints Day. It's a message that the world needs to hear to do away with the false thinking that somehow we got to be good enough for God to love us. The reality is, is that God loves us because Christ died for us. God loves us because he made us. God loves us just the way we are. That's the message we need to share with the world and with people around us. That there is a love. There is a peace. There is a joy that passes all of our human understanding. And it comes from a God, unconditionally. That's the message. We live it, we share it with others. You are saints because you're forgiven. You are saints because your laundry's been done by Jesus. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep
keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.